chief coach, the sports dad, the sports parents, here to talk grassroots to the professional game and what it takes to raise the next star. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. You are listening to the Chief Coach Podcast. A career as an athlete isn't forever, so you always have to be prepared for the post-journey. When you hang up your spikes, your gloves, your racket, your bats, or whichever sporting equipment you use. Today in episode eight, we talk about the life of an athlete when competing and when you decide to retire. I'm delighted to have African 100-meter record holder, Soji Fasuba join us. Soji, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure being here. Great. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, except for what I've already announced and, 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 and given them a little insight as to who you are, but um, let's, let's hear from you. Hi, well, as I said, my name is um, Soji Fasuba, um, an indigenous of Ikiti State, or grew up in Saple, Delta State. Um, I started my sports at a very young age, um, which saw me blossom in um, 2001 in the Nigerian University Games. So I think I won two editions of the Nigerian University Games before moving on to making the national team, getting an Olympic bronze medal and losing for the laurels for my name. Um, I decided to get, hang up my spice in 2011 and joined the Royal Navy. So I started my career when I was still young. So in a nutshell, I've just covered myself from the beginning to when I retired. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite, quite interesting. From, from athletics to, to the Navy, what, what's that transition like? Well, it wasn't that hard um, in the sense that um, I grew up in the Navy background. As a kid when I was training, um, I lived in the Naval Barracks in Sapling. My dad was actually a civilian working with the Royal Navy. So I knew as a kid, I've always wanted to be in the, uh, the Navy. Uh, not necessarily the British Navy, but just in the Navy. Or, um, sports took over for me, and I think the journey ended up coming back into Navy. And I was like, that's one of my dreams. Wow. And, I mean, so how, how, did, you, how did you more or less discover your talent? How, how did you find out that you were this super fast athlete on the track? Well, um, as a kid, I was very competitive. Um, I wanted to win at almost everything I did. So I did football from school, basketball, table tennis, um, all lots of sports, except water sports. I was never good with water then. And uh, I think being a kid in primary school, I was somebody to mess me in the secondary school back then in Sapling. And um, I used to run the relays. So I used to sneak in, be the last leg, get the better and run, win, and just disappear into the crowd. But people never knew I wasn't in secondary school then. And um, it started blossoming me up, I think in 1998 was the first time I was called to train with some athletes. I never knew you could train. And I've always watched the Olympics and I always believed um, when I saw um, Carl Lewis run then, I used to tell my mom, why people um, cheering for him? I believe I was faster than him. And that's <laughs> how it all started for me. Wow. <laughs> now, I mean, obviously the... You know, with, with every profession, as, as, I, as I kind of mentor a lot of the youth I, I always say that look you, you've got to be addicted to to what you do um, I always find that what you enjoy in life leads a level of addiction where you are completely dedicated to achieving your goals as an athlete how were you able to maintain that level of addiction knowing that you have to put your body through so much well um, in the long run I think it's when you set a goal for yourself and if 
doing gold living, that will cause that addiction. For me, my goal then was I wanted to read the Olympics and make a record. That was more my addiction. And um, I remember um, one time I was in, when I was in the University of Ifair, um, I was studying in the evening and I opened my book. And for one hour, I dissected my book into a track and I was running the 200 meters. And after about an hour, I was like, wait a minute, I, was, I came to read my book and I was actually training in my mind <laughs> mentally. So for one hour, that was one hour of knowledge that didn't get into my head. It was all about training. That was the level of addiction I actually got. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I guess um, training has, has changed, obviously, a lot more now with, with, um, with science, sports, sports medicine, and, and, and whatever you might uh, call it that has advanced um, the way athletes uh, train, they recover. But back in your time, I mean, how much training did you have to do on a, on a daily basis to get yourself to um, become the professional that you, you were in your, in your career? I wish, as I said, um, there was a sports science of the sport that was not really well known in Nigeria then. We're just using pure raw talent. But I think I was a bit fortunate on mine because I believe in research. I did a lot of research onto how I want to train, how I want to run. And I think that helped me a lot. But at the same time, I think I kind of overdid it because um, I remember the lesson in line uh, when I lost my first ever race then, um, not even as a professional, just as an upcoming athlete. I just asked the coach, how come these guys are better than me? And he said, it's all due to training. And you know what? I just said in my mind, if they train one time a day, I will double it. And if they train two times a day, I'll, I'll, um, I'll make it four times for duplicate. So in the long run, I ended up training three times a day till I started breaking almost all the records at the junior level. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, I guess that, that's, that's the way to, to, to more or less have your, your own secret way of um, creeping up on, on, on other athletes because you, you're doing the uh, double work, obviously, makes, puts you up at a, a level where um, they wouldn't necessarily have seen you coming. So, I mean, anyone, anyone listening should obviously realize that to, to be the best at what you can be. It's, it's all about putting in double the effort or triple the efforts uh, as you've kind of highlighted there. Now, moving away from that whole addiction part of uh, the sport, structure and competition is, is, is very important. I mean, obviously to be the best you can be, structure um, and competition are important for you to be able to actually attain your goals. Now, when you were training and competing, what was the structure like for you? I mean, obviously now you look at how stadiums are, facilities are, um, equipment is. Did you have enough support from the custodians of the sports? I mean, obviously you've mentioned that you, you ran for, for Nigeria. So, I mean, we can look at that as an example. What, what was the structure like for you, the environment? And, and, and what level of support did you get? Well, um, it was really tough. I'm not going to lie about it because um, as a kid, that I didn't even see a title track until 1999. Uh, I can tell you that there was literally no infrastructure at all. Um, I used to train um, in the stadium that there was some grasses, partly sand as well. Um, I used to use the road uphill. Um, that was my early days and I worked hard with it. Um, when I saw the track for the first time, I was surprised at how rare the stadium was. And I don't think I did, uh, in 1999, as a kid then, I should have had that more exposure. Slightly, but not the best. Why did I say not the best? Because most of our infrastructures are down now. If you go look at them, now. Yeah. athletes are running, trying to dodge potholes in the track, 
undulating surfaces on the track. Uh, but the good thing about it is many of the athletes still overcome and get to the top to that way. So for me, it wasn't a straight point in the sense that um, the track, there was no infrastructure, there was literally no support. Um, I think Delta States started supporting me then um, in 1999. When I got my first salary of 30,000, I was over the moon. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I remember in 2001 when I won the university games, um, what was the prize money then? Five thousand now for gold. I was so happy. I won hundred and twelve uh, meter, and I had that ten thousand now. Like, <laughs> so when I look back in those days, I was like, wow, how did I survive? And I had to survive on that. This that I was a student. Um, I had to work hard. And my, then it, that did not deter me because I believed when I get to the top, um, things will change. And I kept working hard till I had my first small indoor. In 2005, I believe, um, yes, and five, and we saw me sign my first contract. I was like, I was properly over the moon. So I think I kind of got the support because my first race ever in the world indoor, I'm um, indoors, it's about ten passes in the world that year. So I had Adidas, Nike, all the shoe companies coming over for me, and I was like, wow, I think I'm beginning to make it now till when I can retire. Wow. No, I mean, it's, you see, I mean, you clearly highlighted how um, the mental part of it is, is what drove you. And, and I guess that's what drives a lot of athletes um, in, in countries where, let's say, structure isn't, isn't as great. Um, they know that they don't have the access, so they've got to make you um, do with what they have to actually attain their own goals. And you were able to, to do that. Um, and I mean, it's... It's, it's sad to kind of think that we haven't advanced um, in that regards and that we don't, we can't boast of um, a world-class um, track and field stadium in, in, in certain parts uh, of, of Nigeria or, or even West Africa. But I mean, there are people that I guess are trying to do things the right way and it's, it's really just a case of actually letting them do that and and giving them the the, the tools and equipment to to start putting in a, um, a system whereby from grassroots to the professional game will we'll actually be able to nurture and train talents the way they should now when we look at something that you've already spoken a lot of um, which is winning um, i mean you had a, a winning spirit around around yourself and you you wanted to win at everything i mean obviously as as an athlete every athlete that goes professional wants to win wants to break records earn money not just prize money but but also getting sponsors what was the feeling like when you won an olympic medal and also when you set a new record for the for the 100 meters a time of 9.85 back then which is still the african record today well, um, for me, I think I won um, the Olympic medal in 2004. I was very young then, in the sense that um, <laughs> I really didn't know what it means. I knew I'd gotten, um, as I said, my dream then was to win an Olympic medal. So when I won the Olympic medal, at a very young age, I was like, where do I go from there? Well, I think what I kind of used to motivate myself was that that was a relay medal, that there were some other records I could try and go for, which was like the World Indoor Gold Medal. Um, I wasn't even thinking of the African record. I'm laurels for myself and the country as well. So, oh, fast forward two years later, I broke the African record and I was like, wow, I think 
I'm getting there now. Um, I've got something, um, I've got my name in history, um, even if it's for a tie, but I was still hungry for more. Uh, but I think what was just lacking for me was the full support to be able to do that. Because yes, you've got this two contracts, which you get paid some money, but you've got to look at it. As a kid coming back from the background, I came back from not having any money, had to fend for myself to go out. I, could, I told you before, I was, um, I was eager, but I was so happy when I won 10,000 there in two races. I'm going to a contract. The first I've got to think about is I've got to um, help my parents. I've got to be able to get somewhere for myself. I've got to get like a retirement plan. And this is the thing I think um, the country is lacking, because you kind of feel um, you're going to keep, you can't run forever. And if you don't invest that money to try to secure your retirement age, you've got nothing. But at the same time, you've got to invest a lot of money in yourself. So how do you balance that? So it was quite tough, but at the same time, um, I think I was quite happy uh, when I won the, got the African record and was one of the proudest moments of my life, although not the best moment of my life. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, how, how, did, that, um, how did that make your family feel? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, huge achievement. And, and I mean, something that's still part of your legacy. It's still intact till today. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the thing about me is whatever commission I want, um, I run, whether I win or not, personal way through it, I used to always call my mom and tell my mom, this is what I've done. And my mom will always give me a word of encouragement. So whether I won or lose, my mom always gave me the same thing. Just make sure you're happy you're doing what you, and you're happy doing what you want to do. And that was always the encouragement I got from my parents and stuff. So for me, it was, I think I remember when I moved out of Africa, I was flying back from that time to Nigeria. As soon as I landed in Nigeria, I just felt like a king, although I was the only one that came there. There was no, uh, there was no federation. There was nobody around to welcome me in almost all my victories. Like my world in Lord, now it's just like I did it for myself. Wow, wow! And I mean, it's um, and now I mean, obviously, you look at how the support is there from from different countries for for their athletes. The way they welcome them back home, regardless of whether they they've won a medal or not, they've they've actually gone and done the country proud i think sometimes when when i look at uh, a country like nigeria and and i look at why we are where we are is that we only believe that we should celebrate winners which is quite sad uh, to be honest um because there will be dips for athletes there'll be times that they they win there'll be times they don't win and it's not through lack of effort, but it might be injury, um, it might be lack of preparation, uh, and and you know it's they still have to be cel- celebrated in, in the same way, and we're not quite quite there yet, uh, and it's something that we, we we definitely need to get over in this in this part of the world. Now, I think you you mentioned already about when you signed um, contracts, which is something I wanted to touch on, on, on obviously endorsements and 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 funding within sports um i think when you look at it most uh, of your earnings come from the field of play as as an athlete to, to start off with but the way it's evolved now you see athletes earning more off the field endorsements has become such a big part of of an athlete's life um whereby they are earning more than they would um for winning a race for winning a tournament uh and it's simply because brands have obviously caught on to the fact that athletes are more or less seen as superheroes. Um, they're seen as role models and there's a way to actually use them to communicate and, um, 
market a uh, particular service or products. Now, in your, in your time, sponsorship wasn't as much, but you were still able to get one of the biggest sponsors behind you, Adidas, I believe. Um, what was that like, having a global sportswear giant get behind you? And, and what do you think can be done to improve funding across sports, um, especially from your own country, um, where it still hasn't reached the level it should for, for athletes? Well, um, let me talk about myself a little bit. Because um, when um, my manager first of all told me, wow, after my race, um, that he's getting offers from shoe contract, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I wasn't even dreaming about that. Uh, I knew they do sign, but my mind was not focused on that. Because bearing in mind then, uh, I had not won any individual personal individual medal. So um, when the contract did come, I had to read everything. Because then my manager would just tell me it's good. But at the same time, I believe in uh, trying to understand things myself. I know what I'm signing. It doesn't just like signing things without understanding the intricacies of what's going on. So when reading it, um, I'll give you the, a concept of what kind of shoe coaches at that time we get. Um, had a Nike he wanted to give me more money, but there was not a lot of incentive to run faster. But Adidas gave me a little bit less money, but with more incentives if I run faster. And bearing in mind, I was like, somebody that wanted to push myself, I decided to go for the less money <laughs> with incentives to run faster. Because I believe that will want to push me more than if I take the more money, no incentive, then I just believe I'm right. And that was the kind of contract we signed those days. Do we sign this kind of contract now? I'm not 100% sure. But um, nowadays, we didn't have extra companies trying to back you up. And I think that was one of the short calls we had during our time. Now it's beginning to come, and I'm quite happy as Visa is taking care of some of the athletes now and things like that. But at the same time, there was literally no help coming from the country. <laughs> And that caused a lot of problems because, as I said, the most important thing, and many people don't know this, is a top athlete needs to invest in himself. I'm not talking about 10,000 euros. I'm not talking about a million euros. I'm talking of proper investments. You've got to get your pesos. You've got to get your doctors. So if you can't afford to use the money you get from your steel contracts, do all that. But you've got because at the same time, you've got to think of your retirement plan. <laughs> so if you don't set up your retirement plan, the country is not going to set it up for you. So there's always a lot of problems around two contracts and things like that. Well, and I mean, it's, I mean that's, that's really interesting, the fact that from your point of view, um, you went a completely different way that, than a lot of athletes would go. I mean, obviously, a lot of athletes look at their careers as possibly short-lived, so they want to make as much as they can. But you also used the opportunity to kind of push yourself even further by saying, you know what, let me accept less to be able to drive myself because there's more incentive for me to possibly break more records. And, and I, I mean, for those listening, I, I think it's, it's an important message for, for the youth to know that um, to go as far as you want to, uh, you've always got to push yourself and don't just accept the first thing that is thrown at you. And I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I mean, credit to you for, for obviously, thinking that way and, and, and actually being able to share it now. Um, so hopefully it, it, um, it, uh, this, this kind of message um, resonates with, with, with those that are up and coming in, in the field and in the sport. Now, the second part of that question was around funding and what, what, what do you feel can be done to improve funding across the sport? Uh, and I mean, 
I, for instance, I've been in Nigeria now for seven years. And I mean, unfortunately, put aside football, um, all the other federations seem to lack um, the drive or incentive to go out there and get sponsors on board. Now, what, what do you feel the problem is? What, what can be done? Um, for me, I think the problem is, um, after dealing with analytics and emissions, the problem is more, there are two problems in my own view. More may come up as I'm talking. But the first one is more transparency. Um, I think most of these federations need to be really transparent in their dealings. In the sense of, if you look at, I'm taking analytics, for example, what happened when into the international body sent some money to Nigeria, they got an overpayment and they all can write about it. Now tell me, should, uh, companies who want to be dealing with the federation need to do something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things like that, because you've got to be honest. When you're honest, you're transparent, people will want to do more dealings with you. Then creativity. People just want, to, most of the people in the federation just want to sit down there and let someone bring money to them and so they can share it without trying to go out there to try and see how they can be more creative about the sport. If you've been doing it, you, don't, you, want, to, you want to organize a competition. You are probably organizing a competition, but you've got little or no people watching it. <laughs> so why is it in the Federation doing that? Look at the marathon today. We are not a powerful marathon nation, but look at how many marathons are going around in Nigeria now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Are we going to ever produce marathon winners that will win any medals for us outside? The answer is no, we would not. We will have talents. Don't get me wrong. We will have talents for the marathon, but when it comes to like taking it for the Ethiopians, it's, it's, we're still far away because we don't have the body structure or the planning to be able to do all that. But you know what? Marathon is still booming in Nigeria. We're able to give about, if I'm not wrong, about 50,000 or so to the first place winners who are foreigners. But why can't we be more creative in organizing our own sports? Mix the sports and entertainment industry together. Do something different. But no, I don't think everybody's thinking about that. I think that's why we're having a problem with fundings, in my own view, because the people are not going to be creative in the sense of, of, of their own sports to be able to do that. And, but in the long run, if you look at it, I think it's more transparency. Once they can sort out transparency first, I would like to put that first. Once they can sort transparency out first, I believe teams will get better from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, you, I mean, you've raised a very valid point there i mean transparency goes a, l- a long way in business um it's there's no nobody can tell you any different um if you want to be able to work with other stakeholders that uh you require something that will benefit your scope of work then you've also got to be able to prove to them that um it's going to go to the right areas it's as simple as that uh, nobody's going to put money down for something without seeing uh, a, a strategic plan and a way it's going to be also executed. So, I mean, it's, um, I totally agree with you on, on, on that. Now, lastly, do you, I mean, you yourself, do you have any plans um, to improve the sports? Um, because one thing I know about sports is, is that the right people have to be working in the system for it to, to go where it needs to be. I mean, Athletics Federation president, perhaps for you, well, I've had lots of ideas and I wanted to really start small till um, I think something finally hits me in the sense that uh, Nigeria as a place trying to walk out of the system doesn't work that well. 
because you've got to deal with a lot of people back home whose mentality is really different compared to what I have. When I look at the setup of our federation, how many of them they are actually working in the federations actually working? Everybody, I think most of them can deliver for whatever they get from the competitions. So how can you go make something better when your daily bread comes from there? Mm-hmm. May not be hundred percent, maybe eighty. <laughs> yeah. So try to come in there to try and tell these people, come on, we've got to put all the money back into, into the sport. It's like speaking to a brick wall because they were like, oh, who is this one? Or in the book in English, they say, oh, this one last saints. Something in that level. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then I started realizing, I was speaking with most of them from there, I was like, you know what? Uh, that country is a country. You've got to be there. You've got to know how to play the game. And for me, it's not a game. It's a life of people you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, it's one man cannot, once, as in you cannot be a grain of sand in the beach. And that's what one person is going to be if you have the kind of mentality that I believe I've got. Because I've, I've worked hard. I've come from having nothing to having a bit. I've come from the fact that I've worked hard to put myself on that level. But many people who have won in the federations at this present time have never done half of it. But in the long run, when you come and tell them, come, this has to be done this way, you just don't need resistance that you like, want to even just quit and kill yourself. And that's why one of some of my friends who wanted to do that as well, I ended up giving up. Like, you know what? I can't go back to Nigeria, sit down there, and start dealing with these people because all they want to do is all about the money, the money. Nobody's really going to be talking about the athletes. I mean, it's going to be an election year for so many people now, but do the artists have a say in the election? No. No. Do you think the people that are going to put you into position, if I come in now and say, oh, I want to come in now, I'm going to make the sports, but I mention it, the question I will ask is, how much am I going to give to them before they even vote? So I remember one of the artists who have said something, oh, somebody can also come out as an independent, but he's not going to win because people, so the system is rigged. It's, until we change our system from the beginning, I think we're going to keep having the same cycle of most people going in there. A few things that want to go in there will have made resistance and long run have to succumb to whatever these people say. So it's the politics was not the kind of politics I could play. In the future, I may decide that when I retire from my job and maybe decide to come to Nigeria for a bit, some, I may decide to look for a role. But for me, oh, I think the role specifically for me is more of an advisory role because mm-hmm. I want nothing from the Federation. And um, I'm willing to give my knowledge or advice to the people. That's as much as I can do now. Yeah. No, and, and you know, I, 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 totally, um, I totally take that on board. And, uh, you know, it, it, is, uh, it is hard, especially for, uh, for those athletes like yourself that have given so much to put the country on the map for, for the sport. I mean, you're, you're an African 100-meter record holder. I mean you should have a stadium named after you. You should have a st- statue somewhere. I'm not, I'm not saying that these are things that you necessarily want, but it is, it's a symbol at the end of the day. Abroad, these are things that you see because people recognize and appreciate what an individual has done, done for the country. Um, and, and that's why I kind of say that, look, the, the right people simply need to be working in the system for us to, to move, move forward. It's not... You know, we're, we're still stuck in this whole rot of where uh, federations are running elections. Abroad, you don't do that. I mean, abroad, there's, 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 a, there's a board, there's a committee, and they more or less hire people based on their level of experience from different industries. Uh, you look at the English Football Association or the Athletics Federation in England, they won't simply just hold an election to appoint somebody. They've actually thought about 
what is the skill set of whoever we need? Is it a former athlete? Is it a um, is it a an experienced um, marketing individual? Is it an experienced um, business development individual? Because they actually understand what needs to be done, and then the rest of it is then more or less supporting that individual with the right right team. So when when I think about it, I just I just don't understand why we are where we are and still having elections to to appoint people to run federations but you and i know it's 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 uh, a lot of these uh, um a lot of this is because more or less i, I kind of say puppets are put in place to 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 hold the purse strings for for certain individuals and and hopefully that uh that comes to an end somehow um, sooner rather than later. Otherwise, we're, we're going to have what's happening now, which is where athletes are simply leaving, leaving Nigeria, uh, leaving different parts of Africa to go and represent other countries because they're also thinking about their livelihood. Would I rather stay in Nigeria uh, or Ghana or Ivory Coast or wherever it may be in Africa and not be given the level of support I can get by going and running for Qatar, by going and running for Saudi Arabia. It's, it's changed now. P athletes are now thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the, the country as much because they've seen what has happened to, to other athletes. And, and you know, I, I, it's, it, it, it really touches me um, in, in, in such a bad way to, to know that this is how our athletes have been treated and are still being treated in this day and age. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, I think, again, Soji, you've, you've, you've highlighted a lot of things um, today in terms of your own career, your own personal development within the sport and what you've also seen as the, as the challenges um, within the sport and, and perhaps what needs to be done. I mean, I really want to thank you on this note um i'd, I'd like to say su super super soji <laughs> it's um <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> it's been a real pleasure having you on the chief coach podcast and uh i'm wishing you uh the very best um through these uh covid times and and i do hope that at some stage um we have the likes of yourselves leading uh these sporting federations um, whether it's an advisory role or whether it's a, an actual in-house role whereby you're able to own it and build your team around you because that's that's what that's what needs to be done um there's no other way around it so thank you again soji yeah it's my pleasure i really enjoyed it being on it today thank you <laughs> thank you again for tuning in this is chief coach Stay safe and stay healthy.